Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of our special Sunday interview series with a special guest, Talk Radio's very own Mike Graham. Hello Mike and welcome to the show. Hey Mike, how are you doing? Yeah, no, but thanks. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on the channel, right? Can't really remember actually. I think it is a while, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think I think we did have, we did something, I think in the, it feels like the middle of last summer, because I yes. seem to remember you buying me lunch in that very nice pub. Uh, in Shandos place after I came onto your show yeah. but, I, but honestly I don't actually remember exactly when it was I think it was like I don't know maybe a year ago yeah no a, a lot has happened actually that obviously the pandemic and the lockdown stuff uh, uh, made a lot of changes to our lives and then yeah. professionally with media and everything else but one success that came out of it not because of it but just during it it uh, was uh, your plank of the week show that was launched a year and a half ago just before the, uh, the lockdown and everything else um, and uh, for something that is a, is a very specific type of show, and uh, of course you kind of broadcast in different places, but also on YouTube, uh, it's quite successful now. You get a lot of views um, for something we that's do. quite long and everything as well. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, we started off as a kind of a joke. We we decided to do at the end towards the end of 2019, we started to do um, a list of. In fact, I started doing. I did it at home. You know, ten planks of the year from 19 to 2019. And I put out the top and people went, what about this guy? What about that woman? What about, you know, these people? And I went, okay, I'll do another 10. And then I did another 10. And then before I knew where I was, I had like a hundred people uh, who were the planks of the year. And, and I came into work one day in January. And one of the guys in there said, uh, you know, you should make this into a show. Sure. I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So we kind of worked on it. And, it, and, it, and I think you were, you were part of one of the first shows. Uh, and um, because, I mean, you know, there is an awful lot of plankery out there. And, and the word plank is actually now taken... Um, taken on kind of you know legendary status people use it all the time you hear it on uh, other media now other people use this use the word and so uh yeah it's it's, it's been great and and we try and use as many different people as we can yeah um but it's you know i think in the in the era of some of, of people being so politically correct and yeah. woke it's nice to be able to do a show where you just take the piss out of people you know yeah and to be fair you, you some of the planks are seasonal and um, some of them are yes. quite regular. Uh, you know, you got your Harry and Megan's who will come out, you know, every half an hour. Yeah. Uh, but then you got some of right. them who are more seasonal, like you know, when you had Femi during the Brexit times, he had you know speaking more. And the Harry and Meghan stuff has been brilliant. Every time I'm on the show, even recently, it just comes up anyway. Either you carried them from yeah. the previous week. Yeah. Well, we do. We do. We have three people each come up with three planks, <laughs> and so we do a top ten. So obviously, one has to carry over. And at the moment, pretty much every single week, Harry and Meghan carry over, even when they've got parental leave going on as they have now, they still keep making the papers. You know, today, yep. for example, and, and this week, they've been in again uh, yep. for uh, for all sorts of reasons, you know? I was going to mention it, that it came out, uh, I believe, yesterday, <laughs> that last night, that Harry and Meghan rejected the Earl of uh, Dumbarton uh, title for Archie mm. because it contained the word dumb. <laughs> the, the whole I thing mean, is literally, dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's almost, it's almost like the next thing they're going to do is they're going to refuse to mention... Uh, Blackburn, because it contains the word black, <laughs> or burn. you know, or burn. It's like, what's wrong with you? You know, these yeah. people have such a low tolerance for mm -hmm. common sense. You just kind of think, what else can they do? Yeah. I mean, Harry, of course, also this week, uh, and he's made, he's made the list again this week because he, he told another lie when he gave the interview to Oprah where he said he'd been cut off by his family. Mm -hmm. Turns out his dad, Prince Charles, yeah. gave him like three million quid <laughs> last summer. A and I mean, I wish I was cut off to that extent, you know. And I mean, I appreciate it doesn't get you much of a house in Montecito in California, but you know, three million quid. Yeah, it's not like being cut off, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I mean, um, over the last year or so, with the the lockdown situation, all the 
stuff that's happened, it did kind of pause a lot of political news and activities. And all we had to talk about was coronavirus and lockdown. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of now debate around it. Even this topic has become political, just like Brexit mm. and everything else. You've got different tribes, you've got pro or against, you got this and that. And um, one thing is, um, obviously, we had the extension to the roadmap. Uh, just like how we had the extension to Brexit. Um, and now we are waiting to see how the situation is going to work and what the government is going to do. Uh, one main debate has been around uh, the, the uh, public opinion. And mm. since the beginning, uh, all the opinion polls show that the public are very much in favor of the, these measures. Uh, now there are two school of thoughts, one side who say that the polls are always wrong, it's rigged, and the other side who say that people have been scared and brainwashed by the media and establishment. Mm. Um, which one do you think is more correct? And do you think the, the even the opinions will slowly change again? Well, I think what happens with these opinion poll uh, uh, poll you know, sort of questions is that the question is put in a very careful way. Mm -hmm. For example, they say things like, um, would you uh, like to see more lockdown restrictions in order to save lives, right? And so everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, no, definitely. Mm. We don't want to kill people. So therefore, we want more lockdown restrictions. And then they say, would you like less lockdown restrictions if it causes another spread yeah. of a, a new variant? Then they go, no. And I think also people generally, mm. I mean, I've never been asked a question by you, Gov. I don't no, know whether you have. I've, I've never been phoned. I've never been polled by them. They've never asked me anything. Um, and I think people genuinely, a bit like, you know, the shy Trumpers and the shy Tories, they don't want to admit to going, you know what? Yeah, I had a great party last weekend. All my friends came. <laughs> a couple of people got laid in the back bedroom. They're never mm. going to say that, right? So they're going to go, actually, yeah, I really, I really don't think we should be doing any of this stuff. And so they pretend that they're very virtuous. <laughs> but actually, the more we look outside, mm. the more we see that people are actually not doing yep. what they say they're in favor of because they're just doing what they want, you know? Yeah, I do believe that I am more leaning towards the uh, the side of, as you said, uh, firstly, initially, the media and establishment scared a lot mm. of people. And also the way you phrase the questions, of course, yeah. people want to be in favor of public health as a concept. Uh, but, uh, and I, I, but I haven't actually seen many people. Again, it really depends. People say it depends where you live, you know, London mm. or wherever. Uh, I don't see that wave of... Uh, people who are very, very much in favor and actually are not hypocrites. I know a couple of people, two or three people who are, who's, who, who would answer this question saying, yes, we need lockdown or oh, lockdown is good. Uh, yeah. And but they've had house parties themselves. They've you know they've, right. they've done a lot of things. I mean, I think I think there is a portion of the population who have genuinely yeah. been affected by the propaganda to the point where, you know, they don't want to go out and mm -hmm. they're worried if they do go out, they might either kill somebody close to them yeah. or they might die. And I think there is an, an element of that. But I really do, don't think that's a majority of people. I think the majority no. of people, certainly in London, are like you and I, mm -hmm. uh, whereby we're going, yeah, you want to go to Soho? Sure. What's the problem? You know, we're going to yeah. sit there yeah, outside in a constant street. You know, we're not going to be jumping all over each other, but we're not terrified of COVID. You know, I'm not. No. No, but that's the thing. I mean, my, my view on that, uh, to be fair, I was going to say similar to Julia Hartley-Brewer beginning, but Julia mm. Hartley-Brewer beginning, she was very, very much, uh, I was not, I was going to say scared, but very much uh, more concerned, but then she completely yeah. switched. I was just uh, concerned as a concept of it's a new virus, let's just wait and see how it is, just mm. like most people. Uh, but then now that we found out more, uh, even from the World Health Organization themselves, they've admitted that, you know, actually we need to calm down. Uh, but yeah. uh, now that we know more, we need to stop freaking out, and especially with the, yeah. with the immunity being achieved and everything else. Uh, but now the problem is the whole debate is being dominated by both extreme sides. And mm. uh, you either got one side who, for example, very, very minority say it doesn't even exist, uh, and the other side who are saying that um, what well, we're all going to die. And that's, yeah. that's the, way I think I mean, the biggest issue. I, I mean, I, th I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very clear that it does exist. And, and Julia 
was quite ill with it. I mean, Julia was yeah, at yeah. home for about three months. You know, she had a cough. She told me she had a cough that lasted for about three months. She had no sense of taste or smell yep. for about three months. And in fact, when I was talking to her about it just a few months ago, she said it hasn't really fully come back. So, yep. so you know, when we get accused all the time of being, you know, COVID deniers yeah, and all yeah. that sort of nonsense. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not that, that at all. We, we accept that it does exist, but we also accept that it, if you have the... Uh, the uh, the health secretary telling you that cases have doubled, mm. you know, they've gone up 80 percent. You know, the numbers of people dying have gone up 100 percent. That means it's gone from nine to 18 in yeah. terms of deaths. That's still a tiny, tiny fraction of the 1000 plus people who die every single day. Yeah. And it just seems to me that it's out of proportion. Um, they keep telling us they're following the science. The science clearly says yeah. that, you know, yes, people are still going to die from it, but it's not killing no. people in mass numbers and it's not killing people in mass numbers who no. are young it's just not happening no i mean that that's the, the main point but the the mm. it goes back to the issue of uh, uh everything is uh, very polarized right now with the, all the topics anything that comes up right now really uh, even yeah. free school meals uh, in last summer became a the, the divisive issue oh it should, unbelievable it should, it should not be a it should be a very technical debate because it's about admin how the government funds it would it will they do it through funding the local councils or do they do it like directed to the schools it's a very boring topic but it became very very uh obviously like entertaining and political because yeah. of, you know celebrities and all that everything's basically crazy right now uh, but what do you think because everything's been paused uh, what do you think is going to be the next battle after this, uh, the, the COVID stuff uh, in terms of the political battle? Because you had the Brexit, that's over. And now yeah. you get the pandemic, that's going to be over. What's next, do you think? Well, I think the next battle is going to be the way the government decides that it wants to uh, now improve our lives, you know, because mm -hmm. they've now shown that they can control people. They've yeah. now gone, this is great. You know, we can tell people not to do something. And guess what? They don't do it. Next thing is mm. going to be the green agenda, right? Yep. The next thing is going to be, I heard an MP and I was horrified. I can't tell you who it was, but at PMQs this week, one backbench Tory MP got up and actually said these words. Should we not make it compulsory for new build houses to have solar panels? Oh my and God. I was like, sorry, <laughs> what? I mean, you know, I don't want to be told by MPs who I pay their salary for uh, that something's going to be made compulsory. So if I want to build a house, I'm told by the government that mm. I have to put solar panels in. Yep. I'm also going to be told by the government that, that I've got new petrol going into my car. Apparently, come this awesome, they're going to have this new E10 petrol, uh, which apparently is going to be cleaner and easy. And, and I mean, it doesn't affect most people. But if you've got an old Fiat, for example, from 1999, you're not going to be able to put this petrol in your car because it's not compatible. They're also telling me that, you know, if I want to buy a Land Rover uh, Defender, post about 2030 yep. it's not going to be diesel anymore it's only going to be electric mm -hmm. so i think they're going to try and push this green agenda on us they're going to try and make you buy um a, a boiler which is which is going to be less um damaging to the climate they're going to tell us that we mm -hmm. have to be more climate friendly mm -hmm. they're going to start blocking even more roads and i think we i think we're at a real kind of crossroads here in terms of how powerful the government would like to be and how much they'd like to influence our behavior because i think sage has taught them you can make people do anything yes i think you're absolutely right i mean there are two aspects of it when it comes to the next battle one is the policy area and you're right it's going mm. to be an agenda uh, one is uh, the fundamental part of it which is the more philosophical side which is about control versus freedom right. uh, or versus trusting the public and it's, it's it, obviously there are testing the waters with all the other things you know junk food ban after 9 p.m uh, pizza right. toppings are going to be like you know change or ban reduced uh, we've already done the sugar tax stuff. Everything, all these sort of things are going to be changed in, in the interests of the public, whether it's public yeah. health or public behavior. Uh, and of course, part of it is going to be 
the green agenda in, in the interest of the planet. And I think uh, putting aside which one is right or wrong, that's that's irrelevant because you know, sometimes the intention is good to help the planet or to help the public health. Oh, yeah, yeah and you can't argue with it different. because, you know, if you argue with it, you must be some kind of horrible, nasty Yeah, I think you don't person. care, basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the issue. I mean, how, is... do we, how do we do it? How do we deal with it? Because uh, when the pandemic started, there were two schools of thought saying that pandemics, just like wars, uh, they will either move uh, the uh, kind of uh, the wave of the public and generally globally as well, either towards authoritarianism or libertarianism. I initially mm. thought it's going to be make people more libertarian. But no, it's made people more no. libertarian. <laughs> well, do you know what's funny is that, you know, there's obviously a huge number of people out there, and I'm not one of them and neither are you, mm. who actually, their life is easier if you tell them what to do. Yeah. You know? Some people are confused if they're given a choice, you know, mm -hmm. and if you say to them, look, just do what you want. Mm. They kind of go, sorry, yeah. what? what you mean? I can do anything I want. And, yeah. and they don't they can't grasp it. I think people now, because of the way that we've been conditioned and I don't want to get too deep here no, no. about new uh, high tech companies mm. and Facebook and Google. But you are kind of, um, you know, shoved into various different directions, whereby now, for example, if you're about to say something on Twitter, I don't know if you've had this where it says, do you really want to say mm. that? Mm. Would you like to, uh, you know, reconsider before you send it? And I'm like, um, I don't know if I can swear on it. You tell me if I can. Oh, yeah, but um, we got no sense. Where it's like, do you know what? Fuck you. I'll send a message. <laughs> if I want to say fuck you to somebody, I'm going to send that message. If you want to ban me and yeah. block me yeah. or, or suspend me for it, don't ask me if I want to say it. You know, I don't wish to be questioned by a bot at the mm. other end of Twitter in Southern California somewhere or even Northern California, Sacramento. You know, Facebook, every time I do an interview with anyone which has a mention of COVID, they put up this little warning saying, you know, please uh, refresh your um, guidelines on COVID or do you want to post this? And it's like people have become very bizarrely conditioned, I think, yeah. to actually working within a moral framework, which is not their moral framework, but one which is set by other people. But that creates the role of the media and where the media comes in, because uh, you have the mainstream media, you know, whether it's mm. the, like, TV or radio or even the press, um, they have a responsibility, whether they like it or not. It's not really given. Mm. It's not in a contract, but it's a responsibility uh, that they, what they do eventually shape public's uh, opinion and emotions as well. Uh, yeah. And uh, whether at times it is not planned, but it's conscious that uh, the media, the mainstream media, go towards, they all go towards one way. For example, with COVID, they all went, we're not going to question it. We're just going to go with right. uh, the guidelines. Anything that uh, the WHO says, we're just going to go with it. Uh, mm. And so they have a role. So is, is it going to come up? There's a point where some of the uh, the journalists or the, the press uh, or even you guys, the radio and TV, uh, would have to be the rebels. Because you guys have been quite good at talk radio and a couple of guys at LBC uh, who have uh, just questioned the consensus. It's not really about being a crazy rebel just to say crazy no. things for the sake of it, but just questioning the wave. Yes. Well, I'm old fashioned enough to remember when I became a journalist, I became a journalist because I wanted to ask questions. Mm. I didn't want to accept the way that I was told life was supposed to be. Mm. I didn't like the idea that people would tell me how I should live or how I should operate or how I should act. And I thought to be a journalist is to question the powerful people in this land. Mm. And the powerful people in this land are the people in government, uh, the people that run the big companies, the people that run the tech companies now in the UK mm. and also all over the world. And therefore, my job, as I see it, it's not to get invited to Downing Street for some kind of cocktail party. I mean, I yeah. couldn't care less. My job is not to get an MBE uh, or a knighthood for services to journalism. You know, my job is to go, you know what? I don't believe a fucking word you're saying. Mm. And I want you to prove to me that what you're saying is actually right. Mm -hmm. And if you want me to understand and listen to you, you better have something good to say uh, to prove what you're saying is actually true. And so few journalists now do that. I mean, it's a good example this week 
where we had that briefing um, by Zahawi, the vaccines minister, you know, yeah. and to his left, he had a woman who was uh, from an Asian background, that she was a, uh, a GP by trade. Not one question came to her about why GPs are not actually available to the public <laughs> right now. And that is one of the biggest problems that we carry. People tell me all the time, they try to get to see a GP, they can't see them because the GPs are all frightened of getting COVID or they, they, they've basically closed their practices. They want to do everything online. They want to do everything by phone. You cannot get to see a GP. Not one journalist asked about that. Instead, they asked uh, about whether there was going to be more lockdown, whether mm -hmm. there should be more restrictions, whether there should be more limits on people traveling. I mean, it was unbelievable. Just ridiculous. You it know? Is. And that's the thing. I mean, I think one of the reasons that you guys talk radio over the last uh, two years, actually, uh, grew massively and uh, initially created the base, especially like shows like yourselves. And But now it became uh, more than mainstream. You, for example, your show defeated... Uh, your rival at a different radio station. And, yes, uh, absolutely. And, uh, the dark and side has been vanquished. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, what is the plan? He's still, by the way, he's still talking about Brexit. He's, <laughs> he's still, still whining about, about why we should rejoin the European Union. Poor Jesus guy. Christ, you know. Poor guy. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, what, what's the plan? What's in the pipeline for you guys? For you yourself? Well, we've, also, got, as an we've, we've, got some, we've got some very big plans. I can't say too much, but we are going to be more visual. Yep. You know, we created kind of visual radio, if you like. Mm -hmm. We're now talk radio TV. Uh, we're going to make it a lot easier for people to access our television version of what mm. we do. Um, we're going to do more shows behind, if you like, um, the, the radio station itself. You know, we're going to be doing more shows like Plank of the Week, which are available uh, outside of the general kind of uh, consensus of what the shows are like. And I think also we're, we, we have kind of become the voice of the people. And I think we'll continue to do that. You know, there are other people who have started up and I wish them well, um, but they're not doing what we do. They're not mm. really representing the people in the same way that we are. And people are seeing through a lot of what they're doing because many of the presenters that they've got aren't very different from what the BBC do and what Sky do, because lots of them came from BBC and Sky. And you cannot produce really television um, 24 hours a day in the same way that you can produce radio, whereas you can produce radio 24 hours a day, yeah. which becomes good TV, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's good that these, you, these plans will definitely help uh, shape the kind of the whole framing. And that's why, I mean, for yeah. example, uh, I had to move away from YouTube as a full time thing because yeah. they made it difficult. But this this new channel that we have is now yeah. growing massively. And it, it and, really I, and I think and I think and I think you will have success with that in the same way that we will, because mm -hmm. what we don't want is to be controlled yeah. by the big tech companies you know ofcom are a pretty fair organization you know you can have your arguments with them mm -hmm. but their guidelines are pretty straightforward and we have never fallen really foul of ofcom uh, at talk radio once or twice we've had issues with them partly because of personnel partly because of things that people said in the past but as a general rule we get on pretty well with ofcom and their rules because they understand fairness they understand balance and it doesn't mean you have to balance every single conversation it means you have to balance the station yeah. right however I think if uh, the high, the big tech companies come in, I mean, we had a problem with YouTube um, earlier in the year where they banned us from, from, from the outlet, right? Now, we said to them, one of the arguments that we made to them in which we got reinstated was, you know, Ofcom haven't got a problem with anything we said, yeah. not one thing. So you are now arbitrarily telling us that we can't say certain things because you don't like it. Well, fuck off. Frankly. Yeah, Sorry. but that's the thing. At times, you know, they make it more difficult than even Ofcom, and it's quite embarrassing, uh, these blanket yeah. policies. Um, but... We are going to fight back, you from your side, me from my side, my channel and everything else. And we yeah. also have a big plan, as uh, some of you know, we're going to have this uh, 
finally, the post-lockdown party, Freedom Party. We watched. And, and Mike is going to be there as well, guys. Uh, one of our <laughs> special guests. So uh, that's going to be fun. Um, obviously, I'm going to put your Twitter handle and everything there. But uh, what else do you want to... Is this the time to plug anything you have? All the podcasts and everything. What this is the time to plug. Well, you know, I do a Thought Police... Uh, do a, a podcast yes. called The Thought Police, which is outside of Talk Radio with Kevin mm-hmm. O'Sullivan, which is terribly foul-mouthed and sweary, <laughs> not for people who are easily offended. But lots of people have, in, have ex- exhibited an interest in us maybe doing some live stuff with that. So I think yep. we might be going out on the road once we can go out on the road. Yep. I think Talk Radio will be out on the road more as well because yep. we love to do outside broadcasts. And also, we love to meet the people who listen to us. And we have a very loyal fan base, people like you do. I remember the party you had in um, Gerrard Street and I was blown away by the number of people who came up to, to you and to me to go, yep. thank you so much. And they were all there. I mean, you must have had, I don't know how many people were, a thousand people or something. Um, you couldn't have got more people in. And it's hard to, it's hard to imagine now um, being that close to so many people that you don't yep. know uh, without being scared for your life. You know, but, it, yep. but I think there are so many people, real people, genuine people who, who rely on people like you and me. Um, because we're, we're, you know, we're real. We're real. We're like them. Our experience mm-hmm. is their experience. I mean, you know, we, we live it yeah. and, and, and we represent them properly, you know? Yeah. Uh, firstly, it's a good idea, all this uh, on-the-road live stuff. But for some reason, everyone's coming up with these things at the same time as me because I, I came up with this thing where I'm, after the <laughs> lockdown, I want to go on the road, do live shows with like all yeah. the smallness. Everyone's going to do the same thing. But no, it's good, actually. It's this, I think this is the future now as well because um, in America, this is a norm, actually. A lot of them are doing things like this. Yeah, but also uh, so you, you, it's, it's you'd good. know how to do it, right? You Yeah. Yeah, just bring my iPhone. <laughs> but it's, I mean, you know how to do it because you've already done it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, so so so, so, so it, it, I think, but I think a lot of people say they're going to do stuff, and a lot yeah. of people aren't going to do. It. I mean, the reason the BBC don't like to do yeah. live shows on the road is because people would literally throw fruit at them. Yeah, uh, and rotten vegetables, you know, because people hate them, you know, but people don't hate us. But these days, it's not really difficult to be in touch and be out there in the field. For example, last week there was this uh, anti-lockdown protest. Uh, on the, I think on the day when they extended the the lockdown measures. Uh, yeah. the, I went outside Parliament. It's not even that isolated. It's just in the middle of London uh, because there's mm. no, there was no one from any other channel there, like the TV channels, no. like, uh, anyone. No. Uh, some of them reported it just on their TV from their studios, but just send someone there. Just talk to people. Yeah. Be on the field. Well, this, weekend, but, yeah. this weekend, by the time this goes out, but there will have been yet another Freedom March, which will yep. be very well attended. Yep. There will be hundreds of uh, thousands of people there, yep. probably. Um, and no one will report it. And no. I don't understand what is going wrong with the British press and the media. What is wrong with them? You know, it is. It is a bit weird. But uh, I'll, I'll put uh, all the details of uh, the thought police and everything else in the description. And we're going to fight the fight. And we're going to then party at the Freedom Party. Thanks again for coming on the show, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll Thanks, see Mike. you soon. Cheers. Take care.